Well, there it is. Recession, Fed pivot, all of it pretty much confirmed. The matter settled in the today's employment report. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, well, wait a minute. Just Didn't Jay Powell just a couple days ago say that the employment market was robust, even too good? That's the whole point behind being more aggressive with the Federal Reserve's rate hikes. And then the employment data today didn't look all that bad, did it? I mean, the establishment survey was lower than it had been recently, but still 260-some thousand, that's hardly a recession number, isn't it? Well, what we're going to find out is, number one, you don't want to listen to Jay Powell or anybody at the Federal Reserve. And number two, you're looking at the wrong data. The actual employment data, the rest of the employment data, is pretty unequivocal about what is happening in the U.S. economy. And what is happening in the U.S. economy is absolutely moving into a recession. Now, we'll get to all that in just a minute, as well as some of the other misconceptions people have about recessions, the Federal Reserve, where markets play into this, in just a minute. Now, of course, I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. Thank you for joining me. Uh, if you want to know more about what I do here, as well as products and services, information, subscriptions, memberships, all that stuff is available on our website, eurodollar.university, educational videos, exclusive content, exclusive subscriptions, all that kind of good stuff. So check us out, eurodollar.university. Okay, so how do we get from the establishment survey saying 260,000 to me saying that this is definitely a recession leading to Fed pivot, lower interest rates, all that stuff that follows along with it? And the answer is, first of all, we have to back up and figure out what is going on in the real economy? And I think people have a lot of misconceptions about how these business cycles work. In fact, the very nature of a business cycle and the way it's dated by a certain group of economists lends to this, uh, this misbelief that it's like flipping a switch. The economy goes from expansion right into contraction. I mean, isn't that what the NBER does? The NBER says the Expansion ended this month and the contraction began. The peak of the economy was right here and it's just, you go from one to the other. But that's not how the, any economy actually works. Certainly not how the US economy has worked forever. Certainly in its, modern, in, in its modern incarnations, even going back to the 19th century. Contractions are a process. It's not a one or an either or. We go through these transition phases where businesses quite naturally Try to, try to figure out where the economy is going. Try to understand the situation that they're in. They don't just knee-jerk react all the time. It's not as if they're hiring workers one day and the next day they're just laying them off by the tens of thousands. That's not how it works. There's always a period of transition. And in that transition period, it leads to enormous levels of confusion, particularly on the part of policymakers who are themselves highly biased to always see of expansion. Why? Because it's their job. Their job is to basically cheerlead the economy forward. And so if we do get into an, a transition period, the last thing they want to do is admit that we're transitioning to a contraction because number one, people are going to point the finger at them. We're all, I mean, if, you want, if you want to tell everybody you're in control of the economy and the economy's heading careening in toward recession, that's, that's sort, of, sort of the downside of the job that you've taken. But by and large, these, these econo econometric models that economists use, policymakers use, are, health, are unhealthily biased toward expansion anyway. 
So anytime, anytime where there's ambiguity, such as these transition periods, the models are going to come down in favor of overall economic strength. They're going to say the economy is doing just fine. It's nothing more than a minor slowdown. But it never actually is a minor slowdown. And when you look at the data beyond the headline establishment survey, you can see what's going on this transition. Even in the establishment surveys, the, the headline payroll number, which is heavily statistically smooth for a number of reasons, because the establishment survey was never really meant to be anything other than sort of the gold standard of high frequency data. So they don't want it to vary very much because they want it to look like it's a accurate, uh, dependable picture of an economy. An economy generally likes to go in a straight line, at least that's the theory here. And so over the last couple of years, the establishment survey itself has been massively smooth, especially in 2021, to remove high levels of variation. So it's not gonna vary very much because that's the intent behind the establishment survey to begin with. And this year, especially since March, what we've seen, is that the payroll numbers have slowed way down, which does nothing more than confirm what everybody has said already. Even Jay Powell has said, look, the, the labor market might have slowed down a little bit. It needs to slow down a lot more, he claims, and it looks like the establishment survey agrees with, with that claim, making it seem like the economy might be a little bit stronger than it is. Now, this is another problem that the establishment survey has moving toward from expansion into contraction through this transition period because it doesn't do well when the trend cycle changes because trend cycle is one of the subjective assumptions that goes into the establishment survey to begin with. So all we can derive from the main, the headline payroll number is that it's at the lower end of its statistical range and it kind of wants to stay there, which suggests unusual weakness in the labor market compared to the prior period. Again, you can interpret that the way that Jay Powell does, or you can interpret that in the context of the rest of the labor market data. And the rest of the labor market data includes something called the CPS or the household survey, current population survey. The household number isn't statistically smooth in the same way as the, the CES is or the establishment survey is. In fact, the household survey it's as if something happened around March and April. In fact, in April, the household survey fell for the first time since April of 2020. So a two year period, the household survey, which is normally more variable because again, it's not statistically smooth. Still from that two year period from April 20 to April, 2022, no negative numbers. Since then, starting with April of 2022, we've had what? three out of the last seven months have been negative, including the latest one in October. Furthermore, the household survey shows us the labor force. The labor force has only grown by 250,000 and it has been down in five of the seven months since March. And so over those five months, there was a big gain a couple months ago, which added uh, altogether through those seven months, the labor force has only increased by 250,000 in a seven-month stretch. During that same seven-month period, the civilian non-institutional population has increased by 1.1 million. Where did those other 800,000 potential workers, prospective workers go? They went nowhere. They certainly didn't get into the unemployment rate, which is one reason why the unemployment rate is so low. Even though it ticked higher, in, uh, in October, that was because of the household survey. 
That's another misconception. The unemployment rate is tied to the household survey, and the labor force has been one of the more has been the more important part of that calculation, really going back to October of 2008. It does not capture the participation problem. And why do we have a participation problem? Well, economists will tell you in the pre in the pre 2020 period between 2009 and 2019, Americans were drug drug addicted and lazy. It was our fault. We weren't able to join the labor force and that, that created all sorts of problems for companies who wanted to hire workers. Labor shortage, labor shortage, labor shortage, all that nonsense. Maybe workers were not joining the labor force but because they knew there weren't as many jobs. It certainly seems to be the case in 2022 because we don't have the great resignation. We don't have YOLO. We don't have Uncle Sam's Nichols funding everybody's extended vacations this year. And it's this year when the labor force has stopped increasing, even though the population still coming. So like the household survey, the labor force shows something changed around March. But we didn't just go from expansion into contraction because that's not how it works. And the most easy way, the most visible way we can see this transition phase, how it actually works in the real economy is through a subsegment, the biggest sub, biggest subsegment of the household survey, which is full-time employment. Full-time employment de uh, de declined again pretty severely in October. That makes five out of the seven, is it five out of seven months? I believe it's five out of the seven months where the full-time employment, according to the household survey, has fallen since March. And in those seven months, full-time jobs, there are, two, are 490,000 fewer full-time jobs in October than, than, than there was in March. So how can Jay Powell claim the labor market's doing just fine? Well, he can say it's slowed down a lot. It doesn't look like it's falling off a cliff, but he's simply making the same mistake that the Fed officials make all the time. This always happens just prior to recession. Okay, two things always happen just prior to recession. All right. Three things, three things always happen just prior to recession. The first thing is full-time jobs. There's an inflection. It doesn't go up and then straight back down. As we see in every recession, full-time jobs are expanding and then they stop expanding and they go sideways for a while, sometimes as much as a year. As businesses try to figure out what the real and real economic climate is. They don't just start firing workers willy-nilly, but they do react. The second thing that we can depend upon just before recession is that the Federal Reserve officials, policymakers, will always misinterpret weakening signs and data, including the household survey, and just dismiss it. They'll say, oh, we don't care about the household survey. Look at the establishment survey. It's fine. Or they'll, they'll, they'll fall back on their econometric models, which are, as I, again, as I said before, highly biased to be optimistic. And the third thing is the market prices both of these things. The transition phase, as well as policymakers in denial, that gets priced into the yield curve, which inverts. And then the inversion progresses further and further and further along the curve. 
in conjunction with more and more confirmation that the economy is in transition and moving into recession. So those things, those three things always happen just prior to recession. And we've got the full-time jobs inflection, we've got policymakers in denial, and we've got markets pricing both of those things. Now, just to show you that this isn't unique, that this happens every time, let's go into my deep dive analysis. I'm gonna pick up some, some stuff that I've written about in the deep dive analysis from previous months, just to give you a sense of what's going on in them. Also, because it really helps you, under, helps, it will help you understand that this is a repeating process. These things happen every damn time before we get to recession. Again, full-time jobs, inflection, transition period, policymakers in denial, markets pricing, both of those things. So back in November of 2000, we saw the same thing, full-time jobs. The establishment survey slowed down, but didn't look awful. Some of the other labor market, market metrics went along with the household survey. So it looked like maybe nothing more than a soft patch. It looked a lot like what we see in 2022, except that this full-time job data really did show the transition from the dot-com boom into what became the dot-com recession. But again, it wasn't just flipping a switch from one thing to the next. There was a almost year-long transition from the dot-com boom to the dot-com recession. And in between, Federal Reserve policymakers continued to hike rates because they were more concerned about inflation. And by the time we got to November 2000, mere months before the official start, the NBER dating of the recession in March of 2001, this is November of 2000. You've got weakness in the household survey. You've got full-time jobs that are slightly lower than they were prior to the year. So very good confirmation and data that said the economy was transitioning toward recession. But no, the FOMC in November 2000, a fellow by the name of Michael Moscow, who was the president of the Federal Reserve Branch in Chicago, anecdotes about how the labor market is absolutely on fire, burning, robust. Here's unemployment insurance claims have risen lately in the Midwest, in part due to temporary layoffs in the auto industry. Um, we, we discussed it about the Firestone plant. Despite rising claims and reports that truck drivers are, are now easier to find because there was a truck driver shortage, imagine that back then, 20 years ago, our labor markets are still very tight. One example, Circuit City, the retailer, decided to stop selling appliances. So Amana, one of the suppliers, announced a layoff of 260 workers. By the end of the day of that announcement was made, however, Amana's human resources people had found jobs at other nearby firms for all 260 workers at the same wage rates. So what Mr. Moscow was saying in November of 2000 was, ignore the household survey, ignore the problems that are cropping up in full-time jobs. I've got a bunch of anecdotes that tell me everything is fine. And he threw another one, an actual piece, uh, an actual data survey. He said the manpower survey to be released next Monday will once again show record high demand for labor throughout the nation. This was November of 2000, mere months before the official start of the dot-com recession. Markets had priced recession, full-time jobs showed a transition toward recession, and policymakers were in absolute denial about the labor market situation. Still more afraid, even in November of 2000, of inflation than recession. Their mind was changed for them by events in a matter of weeks, actually, just as markets had priced. 
Let's go forward to 2007. Again, a different deep dive analysis here. Same situation. There's a hiccup in labor markets and GDP, if you recall, early 2007, we had a weakness in GDP that had everybody buzzing, subprime mortgages, all that stuff. In the labor market, same thing. The establishment survey looked fine. A little bit of a slowdown, no big deal. But the household survey, sideways. The same inflection that we see today as we saw 20 years ago before the dot-com recession. And in June of 2000, almost July of 2000, middle of the year, FOMC got together and they said the same thing that Jay Powell is saying today. In fact, eerily similar to what Jay Powell is saying this year. Here's Mr. Plosser. The labor markets remain firm, he said, and yet in recent quarters, we have noted a seeming disconnect between strong labor markets and weaker GDP growth. Well, maybe, Plosser, they weren't actually stronger labor markets and you should have listened to GDP. And remember, in 2007, we didn't have a technical recession like we had in 2022. However, I, um, we, may, we now may be getting some hints that this puzzle is more apparent than real. <laughs> yeah, wrong conclusion there. And I want to reinforce the point that President Yellen, yes, that Janet Yellen, made earlier in that I think two factors suggest this. First, from December 2006 to May 2007, the household survey showed almost no employment growth whatsoever, whereas the establishment survey showed 1.2% annual growth during that period. So guess which survey these guys at the these guys and gals at the Federal Reserve chose to listen to. They chose to use in their analysis. The establishment survey, the one that's smooth, the one that does that's subjectively subjected to trend cycle analysis. They looked at the establishment survey at the expense of all the other data, including the household survey and GDP, that said maybe the economy is transitioning. From, from expansion to recession, but it doesn't happen all at once. They, let, they leverage this ambiguity in the figures to come to a pre, to, to, to reinforce their predetermined conclusion, which was that the economy was fine. But guess what? The economy was not fine in either case. So what are the chances with all of these things still happening that this time is different? We've got all the three things that I mentioned. The household survey, massive hiccup that says, not, not the layoffs, the layoffs haven't started yet, but companies absolutely are responding to economic circumstances that changed in March. And this isn't a big mystery either. What changed in March? Well, you could say rate hikes, but stop laughing. I mean, that's just a joke. What changed in March was everything that the real curve had been pricing since last year. It was that last spike in oil prices which killed the economy. As that introduced too much in terms of energy input cost, businesses then started to take a more determined look at their, their situation, at their expenses, and said, well, we're not going to just start firing workers, but maybe we're not going to hire as many. Maybe we're going to start converting some workers from full-time to part-time, cutting back on hours just a little bit, because the economy is doing something. All of the three things in 2022 are there, visible, available for everybody to see if you look at the right data and you stop listening to these idiot central bankers who always are over-optimistic, especially when it comes to the labor market. Full-time jobs, policymakers in denial, and the yield curve pricing more confidently 
more certainty about both of those things. We have all of those going on right now, along with a whole bunch of other data that tells us the economy is hitting recession. And if and when it does, or when everybody realizes it, including those at the Federal Reserve, there's your pivot. Interest rates go lower, as the markets have been pricing all along. Confirmation, pretty solid confirmation of recession in today's employment numbers. I'm Jeff. Thanks for joining me. Until next time, take care as always. Special shout out and thank you to all the Eurodollar University members as well as subscribers. If you want to check out what they're buying and what they're, what they're looking at, what they're doing, again, go to our website, eurodollar.university. As I said, until next time, take care.